What up? And here we go again. Happy to be rocking with you guys with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast from the Woos Media family of podcasts. Happy again, as always, Sunday afternoon, my favorite time of the week, able to kind of digest the late games, that USC-UCLA game, future Big Ten opponents. Very excited to be uh, watching them and uh, how they performed. And all of the games that, that concluded yesterday, very uh, excited to go over all of these with you guys. You know how we do it here at the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. This is a time where we get to go over everything that happened last week, uh, kind of digest what we saw, uh, understand uh, some of the nuances within college football. We've got a pissed off coach uh, claiming that it is all for ratings, which is uh, interesting. Going to kind of dive into that. What overlooking opponents is doing at the end of the season to teams that are in the playoff hunt? And, uh, you know, what is going on with the Big Ten West? Going to answer some of those questions and get ready for our final betting podcast of the year as well. Well, I guess regular season. I think we'll still do the Big Ten title game along with bowl games. Uh, Of course, this is your host, Tyler Pessler. So let's get into it. We're going to start off with the overlooking opponents aspect. So we're going to start here in the Big Ten overlooking opponents and then really around the rest of the 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 college football landscape where there's some pretty crazy games. So as you guys know, Michigan scored, uh, you know, a last, well, not last second, but pretty close to last second uh, field goal over Illinois to win 19 to 17. This game for Ohio State, deceptively uh, far away margin, 43 to 30. They did get a touchdown in the last uh, few seconds of, of the game off of a fumble, a scoop and score. Uh, TCU beat Baylor 29-28, rushing out to the field, kind of last-second, last-ditch effort. Uh, Georgia playing Kentucky beats them only 16-6. You look at Tennessee getting walloped by South Carolina, 63-38. And then as you jump over to the Pac-12, you had uh, USC barely beating UCLA, 48-45. to And then uh, Utah, being ranked higher than Oregon, did uh, lose to Oregon on the road, 17-20. to So it was kind of, that was kind of the, the vibe yesterday is overlooking opponents. Uh, Georgia obviously has that, that side of the conference locked up. And even if they lose, I mean, they would have, have to lose that game, next week's game, and then the championship game to not get into the playoffs so they kind of had their their paths uh blocked but 16 to 6 over kentucky not great uh tcu last second field goal running them out you know the the curse of the hypno toad i think is what's kind of going around uh twitter and and reddit and all of those boards so they they stayed in uh for the most part they were able to win outside of utah which was was a loss in tennessee uh they were able to hang on which which was uh, i mean tennessee losing everyone else was able to hang on but it makes sense uh i i do not like when Alabama schedules a team like Austin P at the very end of the year. I think it's Bush. I think that uh, you should be playing conference games at the end of the year. I think non-conference should be held for the very first of it. But it gives them a cupcake to get ready for that Iron Bowl. Uh, but things like that, you, you, you see it a lot. You know, Mississippi State played ETSU. I mean, a lot of games like that where you're like, really, what are we doing? But the Big Ten, they were they, they're doing it right. 
And you see in that uh, Michigan and Ohio State were getting a little too cute. And what I say about that, and that's what I said in the betting podcast, which made me bet Illinois, and I should have really taken it. I shouldn't have looked at the results of Maryland the last couple of weeks, and I should have just went with my gut and said that's too many points to give um, – you know, up in, in, a, in a close game. But what happens is, is sometimes coaches like to outthink the room. Uh, they are looking not only ahead, because I don't feel like players do it, and maybe a little bit, but I think it's more so coaches. They don't want to show their hand. Michigan wants to keep their cards as close to the best as possible as they go into the game against Ohio State. That's what they want to do. And likewise, Ohio State wants to run very basic, very you know, very vanilla plays against Maryland because they don't want to show their cards. That's what coaches do. So sometimes coaches outthink the room thinking, hey, I don't want to show this up. You, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself if you don't think that Jim Harbaugh sits down with his staff in February and says, how are we going to prepare for Ohio State next year? Uh, there's certain plays, there's certain packages, there's certain things that you do in the Ohio State game that Michigan will never do, and will it, it won't happen. It, it just won't. So you're starting to really think about it, uh, and they don't want it, like I said, you don't want to show their hand. You're hoping that everyone gets through the game healthy. C.J. Stroud obviously, you know, limping a little bit. Uh, Blake Corum struggling in the, in the game. You're just trying to get everyone healthy to then prepare for the game against Ohio State, and that's kind of what it felt like. Obviously, it felt like that Michigan game was a lot closer. Uh, Maryland, the last, you know, well, really in the fourth quarter, unable to really move the ball. Ohio State's defense kind of uh, shut it down where where Michigan did in the fourth quarter, but didn't look great in that third quarter. So overlooking opponents is a very, very big thing. When you have everything on the line, it means more, especially when you're like, it's Illinois, it's Maryland. These are teams that we shouldn't be worrying about. And then bam, here it is. I mean, we've seen at times Ohio State struggle against Northwestern, uh, against Notre Dame. We've seen Michigan struggle against Maryland and against Illinois. So it, it's not uncommon. Uh, you just had to beat the player, the, the opponent and the players in front of you. Very interesting, but it happened across. If it was just Michigan and Ohio State, I'd be like, okay, maybe we're talking about an outlier situation, but it happened across the board. TCU happened with UC, uh, USC and UCLA. Uh, it happened with uh, Georgia and Kentucky. Obviously got walloped, uh, Tennessee going out. And uh, we'll definitely be diving into that. I'm very interest, interested to see what the playoff committee thinks going forward uh, because I think Oregon's going to be Oregon State and if Oregon beats USC in the title game what's that going to look like uh, what what are they going to do with Tennessee obviously they're going to take a tumble down the rankings uh, where does where does Penn State I think Penn State was just on the, I think on the 11th uh, they're obviously going to jump over Utah how far do you put them up are they over uh, a team like Clemson uh, and obviously there's going to be some justifications on all end. But really, if, if Georgia wins uh, and LSU wins and then Georgia wins in the title game, I think the door is definitely open to have two Big Ten teams for the first time uh, in, in it. I believe it's the first time. I could be wrong. But uh, I would love to see Ohio State and Michigan. They're going to play each other. It's unfortunate, but these are two of the best teams. I've been saying it all year long. We're going to have a phenomenal game. I can't wait to dive into the rivalry a little bit more next next uh, next podcast. But you've got Georgia, which basically a lock. The winner of Ohio State-Michigan, basically a lock. And if TCU is undefeated, I think that they get in. So it's really that fourth-place team. What do you do with a, with a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Michigan team? 
because um, they would have the best loss in the land, uh, wh- either one of those teams. And then what do you do with a USC? They, you know, a one-loss USC team if they're there. Uh, very interesting scenarios. Obviously, I think it all kind of works itself out. Uh, usually, that's how it is. I mean, we're looking a few weeks ago. I mean, people were saying there could be three SEC teams, and and it's crazy, but but that's what it was. But uh, very excited to to dive into that more so on Thursday's podcast and the, and the scenarios playing it out as we give out our predictions and everything. Uh, the next thing that we wanted to talk about, I have had quite a few comments. So uh, Jacob, Nick, and Zach, thank you for submitting some questions uh, about the Big Ten uh, West. What, what's that going to kind of look like? So we're going to play out the scenarios with you guys. Uh, obviously, uh, Iowa right now at 5-3, and three, Purdue at 5-3, and three, and Illinois at 4-4 four and four within conference play. Uh, Minnesota sitting at 4-4, four and four, but more of, and, and so is Wisconsin, uh, but more of a long shot for those two. But we're really, the three that we're really focusing in is Illinois, Purdue, and Iowa. So Iowa right now, they have the fast track. They're 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 basically in win and they're in. Okay. So they have to beat Iowa. Like Iowa has to beat Nebraska. For whatever reason, if Iowa loses, they're going to have to have Illinois and Purdue to both lose in order to get it because, you know, uh, head-to-head matchups and stuff. So uh, it would force a three-way tie between Iowa, Purdue, and the winner of Minnesota, Wisconsin, obviously. Iowa would have the tiebreaker and advance to Indianapolis for a second year in a row if Illinois and Purdue both lost this weekend. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, so let's play out the Illinois scenario next. So... Illinois needs to beat Northwestern. They need to have two losses for Iowa and Purdue. They're the longest shot to get in right now with that loss against Michigan. Uh, they're going to have to have Iowa obviously lose to Nebraska, which they're at home. It seems like Nebraska's kind of given up on this season. However, a good, a, good, a good effort last week, but it just feels like they're just not really uh, engaged in it. And then you're going to have to have uh, Purdue lose to Indiana, which Indiana came up with uh, with a crazy you know win over Michigan State. We'll be going into right and wrong uh, at the very end of the podcast, and then uh, so that that would have to be it. They are on the road. I was at home. Purdue is on the road having to go to Indiana. So there's that. I guess you could talk about that. So here we go for uh, Purdue to get in. They need to beat Indiana and then they need Iowa to lose to Nebraska. So really the Friday night that we've got Iowa Nebraska, that's the, that's the game that we're going to be kind of uh, focusing in on the corn bowl, as I like to call it, right? Should battle for a stock of corn. Um, and I, I, Iowa controls her destiny. Uh, Indiana and Purdue, uh, that that's going to be a good game, but it's going to be irrelevant if Iowa wins for Purdue. Purdue obviously just kind of getting bragging rights over a rival. Same thing with Illinois. Illinois uh, on the road, they're they're going to be. I think they even play later in the day than everybody as well. Um, Illinois has the one thirty kickoff. Uh, I guess Purdue does as well. So it would be the same time. So you're just hoping that you can take care of business. Unfortunate, we said that Illinois controlled their destiny, but I'm sorry. Last week, I, I, I'm going to go back to it. Everyone's going to talk. Uh, there were was that one drive with Purdue. They got a couple of calls going their way, and they end up winning by seven points. I mean, it was like 85 yards. It, at least that's what it felt like. Uh, that was the game that they needed to win. Uh, the week before, Illinois. Uh, 
took on Michigan State, they were winning at one point, and they ended up losing. So Illinois can only blame themselves. And that's the, the, a great segue into, you know, Brett Bielema being pissed off. And and I think he has every right to be. I, I never want to tell uh, people, I, I tell my wife this, your emotions are your emotions. And you're allowed to have those emotions. You're entitled to your opinion and your emotions. And as you react to, to, to certain things, right? Um, Brett Bielema is has every right to be pissed, but to say that it's rigged or or it's for for ratings, you can make an argument about that. But that sounds like you're kind of putting on you know uh, a tinfoil hat, making sure the government's not listening to your your innermost thoughts, right? Not really something that I want to go for. It doesn't really feel like it is a conspiracy because really what you should have done. And she should have taken care of business. And, and this is coming from, as an Illinois fan, we've talked about him so much. Should have taken business care of business last week. You were at home against Purdue. You had the entire world in front of you. You had played well the first little bit of the season. And what are you doing? You're reverting back to what Illinois has done for years. And you lose to Purdue. And the week before you lose to Michigan State, you win those two games, which were very, very winnable games. You're not in that position. And so what if you lose to Michigan? Because you would have the best record on that side of the conference and you would get another shot, uh, potentially another shot at them in, uh, in, a, in Indianapolis on a neutral field. You would get another shot at them. And then you get a play upset breaker, right? You want to go to the playoffs? We're going to beat you. We're going to beat you because we have the kids to do it. I don't know what happened in those two games. I watched them. It just never never felt like it gelled, never felt like they were in control. Uh, the Michigan State game was just straight ugly. The Purdue, I feel a little bit on the on the penalties. You could make an argument one way or another, I guess, on, on pass interference and, and whatnot. But to say that you're pissed, you're rightfully so. But you need to be pissed about the other two games because that's where it was. You were going into the big house. You were going up against the number three team in the nation. Some people, number two. That's that. That's that's. What did you expect? You weren't ex- you weren't expected to win that game. You weren't even expected to be within the game. Vegas thought it was going to be an eighteen point blowout uh, for Michigan. So it, it's frustrating when I when I hear that. Of course, entirely your opinion. But man, you should have taken care of business last week because you wouldn't be in this scenario. You would not be here because if you be if if you beat Purdue, Purdue's out. So it's between you and Iowa, and Iowa. Even if they beat Nebraska, you have the head-to-head, so you would just have to beat Northwestern, which is playing awful football right now, and you are in. You are in Illinois. This is coming from a, a perspective of love, a perspective of someone that has cheered for you week in, week out, but I've got to call this a spade a spade. I've got to call it how I see it, and that's just, just being pissed and being petty. That's your emotions, but what you really need to be bad about, and maybe it's deep down you're really thinking to yourself, that's what should have happened against Michigan State. That's what should have happened against Purdue. That's your fault. You only have your fault to, yourself to blame. On top of a horrible uh, one drive against Indiana, we, we're not talking about that. But you know, uh, when they, we, my parents used to say, uh, "Every choice you make is going to have consequences." And I was like, "Yeah, right. Whatever. You know, I, I don't, I don't really believe that. It's not really going to affect it, but it does." Little by little, it goes down the line, and you see how little things influence it, right? Kind of like a kind of like a, a a rock in your shoe. At first, it doesn't hurt. Pretty soon, it's a blister on the bottom of your foot. Maybe a terrible analogy, but that's the one that I came up with. Hey, there we go. But uh, I mean, like I said, Brad Bielema, very very mad. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the Big Ten West and and kind of the the ramifications. I think if Iowa gets oh uh, uh, gets 
uh, put up against Ohio State, Ohio State beats them. If Iowa gets put up against Michigan, Michigan beats them. I don't think it's going to be competitive whatsoever. If I'm an Iowa fan, you're like, how the heck are we even in this scenario? Um, the Big Ten West has just not been good football this year. Fun to watch. We're seeing upsets with Purdue, Minnesota, Illinois. It's fun to see those teams on the rise. Obviously, Illinois, again, we've talked a lot about them this year. We've predicted that they were going to be here uh, kind of in the hunt. Uh, we said about, I think we said seven wins at the beginning of the season. Uh, they're sitting right now at seven wins, so they'd prove us wrong. They'd be eight and four. Uh, so it's fun to see that, but uh, it's unfortunate when you had your entire destiny in front of you and you were ranked what 15th i think in the in the in the college football playoff poll and now you've kind of you know tumbled the last three games with three you know fairly ugly losses so there that's my thought on that so let's jump into uh where we were right where we were wrong just as a recap of the betting podcast and then we'll talk about what we're going to be going over on thursday so where we were right we had illinois plus 18 we said michigan outright pick purdue outright pick we were right on nebraska plus 10 and a half at first uh it that was that was a crazy game if you didn't watch that game go back and watch the highlights wisconsin without right win ohio state without right win and then penn state minus 19 with the outright win they they were able to cover that penn state just absolutely molly Rutgers wasn't even uh, close i thought it'd be a little bit closer than that but uh where we were wrong we were wrong with michigan state minus 10 michigan state first half looked absolutely phenomenal they were it was 24 to 7 utter collapse again i think i'm that that one goes fully 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 blame rest on mel tucker i don't care you should not ever let indiana back in you had him down they should be three and eight uh you should be six and five horrible season for sparty hopefully that they get back to it uh, in the off season we were wrong on uh, purdue minus 18 and a half i told you guys on the podcast i said i want to be bet purdue 18 and a half but i'm going to be wrong because northwestern i cannot predict them this year i have predicted them right one time at the very beginning of the season and i have been wrong the other 10 i have been dead wrong it's unfortunate that i've been that wrong but hopefully you guys listened to me and got it right i almost want to count that as a right because i said i was going to be wrong because i was going with this and then whatever uh ohio state minus 27 and a half should have went with my gut on that one too uh because of uh, it with that overlook week uh too many points to give them uh but i just didn't think that maryland played great the week before but hey it is what it is and then minnesota uh with the with the you know absolute stinker against iowa ugly game that was not a fun game to watch iowa is so boring and i'm sorry minnesota uh, obviously tanner tanner morgan uh, going out uh i was kind of flipping back and forth uh between between the two uh tanner morgan not playing how you know that probably would have bet it this kid just does not look like tanner morgan uh the backup quarterback just doesn't have the timing and and, the, and that down hopefully they can get it down over the over the offseason um but anyway, it brings our total. We're 45 and 40 with the spread. Uh, we're sitting at 53%. So we are down to the wire here. One, two, three, four, five, six, what, six, seven games left. Uh, as long as we win two, we're gonna have we're gonna be above fifty percent for the regular season. That's what we were hoping on. Uh, we were really really good at the beginning, and then as we kind of went along, this November has been tough for us, but we still did really good. And then the outright picks, uh, we were f uh, five and two brings us up to um, 
71 wins so far. Feeling great about that one. That one, I'm just like, I'm just on top of the world. 71 and 18. Uh, we were wrong twice this week, but we're really, really good on outright picks. Uh, we're really good at following the trends. Obviously, being on the, that Illinois side helped a lot of those, and going against Nebraska helped a lot of those. Uh, but uh, we, we really wish that our that our uh, picks were doing it. But, hey, 53%, we're not going to argue with that. So um, this has been just our, our recap podcast. Looking forward to next podcast. Obviously, uh, we will have that Iowa-Nebraska game. They already have the line released. It's right now it's minus nine for Iowa. I think that's kind of an interesting line. Excited to see how that uh, rolls through. Iowa Nebraska we'll be talking about that will be kind of uh, maybe to lead off just because it will be we'll be releasing it Thursday the the, the game is on Friday uh, Rutgers Maryland next week Ohio State Michigan of course uh, Indiana Purdue love that rivalry love it uh, interesting opening line as well uh, Penn State Michigan uh, uh, man Penn State they they are playing themselves into potentially a New Year's Six with everyone falling around them I would love to see a Penn State Tennessee I think that would be such a fun game to watch. Uh, Northwestern Illinois, also a fun one. And then Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin able to pull out the win. Uh, you know, one one point victory over Nebraska. So happy to uh, to kind of follow them along. Uh, what are they up to? Uh, now Wisconsin is is six and five. So we have we have quite a few uh, bowl eligible teams. The only ones that are not bowl eligible are Indiana, Rutgers, uh, Nebraska, and Northwestern, and then Michigan State. So those for sure aren't going to be going to a bowl game. I mean, maybe so because Rutgers got an invite last year, but. Um, Michigan State's the only one fighting on the edge, the absolute brink, and I'm sure Penn State would love to knock them off. Them go five and seven, uh, and and knock them out off of a, a potential bowl game. That would be crazy because that was an ugly loss. If you lose to Indiana like that, when you're up what twenty four to seven is what I said it was at half. I mean, I was feeling great. I'm like, hey, we're back on track. Uh, yeah, twenty four to seven at halftime. You deserve to lose that, especially at home. Absolute. Ugly, ugly, ugly game there. So we'll be going over all of those games, and um, and I can't wait. It's going to be fun. And then the week after, we're going to be doing the preview podcast for the Big Ten title game, along with uh, predictions into the the college football playoff. And then I do know a lot of people are starting to talk about bowl season. Uh, that will be being announced. A lot of uh, you know bowl invites who who would be potential matchups. Uh, we still want to be doing this. We we probably will will uh, cut it down to one podcast post uh, Big Ten title game, but we'll be keeping you guys going throughout the bowl season because we want to bring you the most in-depth Big Ten football podcast out there. Listen to us. Tell your family. Tell your friends. We love you guys so much. See you guys on Thursday for the finale of this Big Ten football season. <laughs>